This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, Horse World. Glenn the Geek here, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June the 30th, 2020. It is the fifth Tuesday of the month, and that means we don't have a regularly scheduled Horses in the Morning for you. So I thought I'd do something I haven't done in a while, and I would share the latest episode of the Finding Florida podcast with you. As you know, Jemmy and I host that, and we are a travel adventure show in Florida, which now is kind of travel adventure from our houses. Uh, but uh, on this particular episode, I thought you might be interested. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we shared some of the latest travel news, impacting vacations. And then we spoke with uh, a guy I've been listening to forever on podcasts. And it was kind of, I kind of fangirled out a little bit uh, talking to him. It's Disney writer, blogger, and podcaster Mike Scopa of the Mickey Miles podcast. And a lot of you, if you've listened to podcasts about uh, Disney World for years, you've heard Mike Scopa, I am sure. So he came on to talk about what Disney will look like as it reopens next week. And then uh, we end the show by seeing how many of the fun activities we've tackled on our own adventures in Florida that we can check off the official Florida travel bucket list that we found. And uh, that was fun to reminisce and hear some sound from past episodes talking about that. We had a lot of fun in this episode. And you know what? If you're not in Florida, it doesn't matter. You can listen, have a good time, and join Jimmy and I for a little bit of fun on the Finding Florida podcast. And Jamie and I will be back tomorrow live here on the show and have a brand new episode for you. So we look forward to talking to you then. The Florida Podcast Network, the voice of Florida. This is episode 31 of the Finding Florida Podcast on the Florida Podcast Network. A look at reopening Disney and your Florida bucket list. Welcome to Finding Florida, the podcast that takes you from country to the coast. Join your tour guides and unlikely pair, city girl Jemmy and country boy Glenn, as they explore the amazing sights and sounds of the Sunshine State. On this episode of Finding Florida, we speak with popular Disney writer, blogger, and podcaster Mike Scopa about what Disney will look like if it reopens in a few weeks. We also look at some of the latest travel news around Florida, and we look at a Florida travel bucket list. And Jemmy and I are going to see how many we have tackled, and we want to know how many you tackled as well. Listen in. Does the bucket list include trapeze? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't, actually. It should, though. Oh, man. Well, I've got one on it. Well, Jemmy, you, do you know how on a lot of the past episodes we've talked about the Florida man? Oh, like every episode, whether we delegate it as a Florida man or not, he pops in almost every episode. <laughs> well, now we can talk about the Florida state. 
It's kind of like the Florida man. Everybody in the country is talking about Florida because, again, we are leading the way in something that is bad. Let me tell you, before you continue and reveal this, the latest something that is bad, I, I just saw a resurgence of a very popular meme, which pops its head up every few weeks. It is the meme of Bugs Bunny with a handsaw, and he's sawing away, and then it pans out. He's, he's just cut Florida right off the map, and it floats away. <laughs> I've seen that pop up. So what is this latest, Glenn? It feels like we should actually be cut <laughs> off the map sometimes. No, I'm jumping into Georgia if that happens. I don't want to float away with Florida. So uh, as we're recording this, we've had two days of over 5,000 positive cases. Uh, and I positive just got off... is bad. Is bad. <laughs> positive yeah, is positive bad. is not good. Positive is negative. Uh, and we're just, we're second now to Texas and California oh. on, on off days. We'll be leading the way here shortly. We're I mean, going to be we're winning. on par, man. We are just <laughs> we revving up. Oh, man. <laughs> we're never going to leave the house, you and I, again. Why we're never we traveling be, again. We'd be number one at something good. Dang uh. it. <laughs> <laughs> for years there we were going somewhere every month in the state and now we're here i know but are you getting housebound i'm starting to feel housebound now i really am i've gone through waves i think right now i think like two weeks ago i was in a, a heavy housebound cabin fever kind of place <laughs> right now i think i'm feeling a little bit better i'm not sure what i can attribute that to but i'm just feeling like okay just carry on one more day. Just carry on. I actually, it's funny. I just sent a text to my brother this morning saying, Hey, why don't you come spend a week with us? It'll be fun. He's like, but I don't want to get you sick. And I'm like, but you've been isolating. He absolutely will not take a chance because of my lung situation. So I just desperate, not desperate. Like I don't want to see my brother. I don't mean it that way. <laughs> like he's my last choice. Well, I just mean like, gosh, I'm desperate to see him and see everybody. It's crazy. I'm not going to say who this is, but uh, I just got off the phone two minutes ago with a company that we're looking at uh, doing advertising with for Horse Radio Network. And the owners had a family party, including some some of the employees oh, found out two days later that the one relative has COVID and now they're all under oh, quarantine my. and getting tested. Oh, the whole family. All it takes is one. Yep, oh, and wait, wait, right. is this family in Florida? Please yes. tell me. Ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's just, you know, you, you don't know, right? You, you just don't know, know. You don't know. Although I'm sure your brother's probably being careful. He, I'm sure it. he's just being extremely careful, but not, which is. And I'm only saying that because I know he's listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kick your ass. <laughs> I <do. laughs> hey, we have some news from around Florida. You want to hear it? I suppose so. Other than, you know, us all getting sick. Uh, so. <laughs> What is one thing that any town we go to that when we saw one of these kinds of tours pop up, we tried to do because we love it so much? Okay. All I know, the one that's coming up. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. But I was going to say the one that came up for a long time until you finally got one of your own was the electric bike tour. Man, oh. you were a pain in the butt about wanting to get on that. <laughs> we finally did it. And then you were a pain in the butt about wanting your own. And you finally got one. I think oh, and I ride it all the time, by the way. You do. You do. And I can't wait for you to finally take that thing down the coast, as promised. Sure. That'd be great. <laughs> but I think you're, um, you're going to talk about, if I can guess, a product that is very ironic in what ended up happening to the inventor of said product. Am I on the right track? Yes. I am. <laughs> We love doing Segway tours. And yeah. any place we would go, we did it in Tallahassee. We did it in a couple different places, but Tallahassee is the one I remember going through the oh, college campus. So, good. so cool. So Very cool. fun. 
we've had some fun segue tours and we both love to segue. <laughs> yeah, because you see everything. You get to see all the little nooks and crannies of of the city. There was even I remember mean, there were even times where we felt like, like we were going random down random alleyways, but if because there was something special about that alleyway, like the art on the ground or whatever it was. Like you see all the stuff that you don't get to see when you're doing like a car tour, a boat tour, as wonderful as those are as well. It was just and different. I think yeah. Demi might have set a land speed record on her segue. Too. I definitely she- did. I think you <laughs> you set a land slowness record going over that bridge. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't like bridges. So bad news. Segway is going out of business. Oh, the Segway no. personal transporter, which is what we ride on during the Segway tours, yeah. after two decades, is going out of business. Apparently, oh, they were sold to it after he died. After the Segway guy died in and a Segway. How did he die? I'm yeah. sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Segway off a cliff. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, so he he died and it was sold to a Chinese company, which I didn't realize I called Ninebot. And they launched other products and over the years and everything, but the scooters just never really took off. So they're not going to be making them anymore. Do you realize they only had 21 employees left? So uh, wait a minute. What's that going to happen to the Segway? Is now the oh, time no. to ga- get one while you can? What's going to happen to our, our lovely tour guides well, that took us out and about in Tallahassee? What's going to happen? Well, only 12 people are staying on for two months to cover the warranties and repairs. So oh, after that, you're going to be on your own for fixing things. <laughs> and I don't think I'm up for buying a used Segway. Way. If I want one, it has to be new. Otherwise, I wouldn't feel comfortable. <laughs> I think electric bike tours are going to replace the Segway tours. Is what's going to happen with that? Aw, uh, poor Segways. So let's uh, let's just all have a moment of silence for for Segways. Sorry. And next, a more positive note. What is the other thing that when you and your son and I are out together doing things that you like to do when we're in a place? That involves laser tag. You two like to gang up on me. Kick my butt. (laughs) Well, now you're going to have another opportunity to do that, only in a little different kind of gun. It's uh, Panama City is doing the first indoor Nerf arena. Oh, cool. Yeah, that reminds me of, oh, Extreme Action Sports in Fort Lauderdale. Remember we did the, they had that one room that had like a Nerf kind of experience thing where you got to shoot the balls. (laughs) Oh, you get this is going to be a room. It's going to have 12 maze like rooms, and the Nerf Arena is going to be a one of a kind experience. And you're going to have you're going to wear bandanas, which is appropriate now, right? Uh, wear bandanas <laughs> of different colors. And uh, did they make gonna... you wear it over your face <laughs> now? <laughs> I think now, you know, so that's happening in Panama City, the Nerf Arena. So that's going to be hmm. opening soon. I think it was supposed to open. But now it is opening. So I have lots of questions because yeah. I can't it's help myself. Open. It is it is COVID. <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm wondering when people shoot off the little Nerf thingies, isn't someone else just going to grab it off the floor? I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they don't really hurt much. So no. you wouldn't even know you've been hit, I think. Yeah. No, they're uh, pretty. They're pretty. <laughs> that's a little, it's a milder version of paintball, which we have never done. And we got to do some point, too. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> You've yeah, seen with- my accuracy with all kinds of shooting <laughs> things, so you better watch out. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't want to see your son with a paintball gun. That's <laughs> Neither bad. Neither do I. Neither do I. <laughs> all right. So the other thing that we've talked about a lot recently is drive-in movie theaters are opening up all across the country. Well, something cool is happening at the Miami Dolphins Stadium. Of course, the Miami Dolphins Stadium is also uh, the Hard Rock Stadium Mm -hmm. down there in Miami. And what they've done is they've started doing drive-in movies inside the stadium where you drive your car in and park on the field. 
And it's been such a huge hit. They're continuing it all the way through the month of July. Huh. That's like something at the max. Do with your son, right? Just go and yeah. Cool. Really cool. I mean, we do have, um, we are blessed to have a drive-in theater, a regular drive-in theater, um, pretty close, one in Lake Worth. And so it only takes us about eh, maybe 15 minutes to get to it. Um, but this just seems like a cool, different experience. I'm seeing the picture that you put in the production notes and just seeing all the cars lined up in the middle of the arena is is pretty cool. I, m- I must say, it looks like a totally different... And I wonder, um, I can imagine at the stadium, they'll have way better concessions than your typical driving theater. <laughs> I, so. I, don't, I don't know. They didn't say anything about that, so I don't know. Oh. But you know what the other thing, cool thing is? It, it benefits the Miami Dolphins Foundation Food Relief Program that they do for the community. Mm. So it's, it's all going for a good cause too. Oh, and they I'm have seeing here, I'm seeing here private <clears throat> dining experience that includes a three course meal with options for adults and children. So you can get like your real dining on at this one. That is really cool. I wonder if they have uh, girls in roller skates to Don't bring you them up. Wish. <laughs> <laughs> so they have movies coming up. If you're interested, like back to the future, black Panther, <gasps> Jerry Maguire, okay, Creed. check, check. <laughs> Those first two, especially. E.T., Jaws, coming up. The never-ending story, which I saw, and I thought it was never-ending. Don't Uh, even say that. That is my favorite movie of all time. (laughs) I will slap you through the microphone. Just like, you know. (laughs) So if you want to do that. Yes, I know the theme song by heart. (laughs) Uh, The other thing, too, before we get to our guest here, is I kind of been highlighting a restaurant each time we get together because they're actually opening now. And I... I did check this one is open. Uh, they do have partial opening inside and they do have a place outside and you can get takeout. Although I don't think you want to take out from this particular place. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> it's in, is it Dania? Dania? Dania. Dania Beach, yeah. which is apparently south of Fort Lauderdale, right? It's, it's like, so you have my, my uh, Dade County, Miami, Dania. It's like all right on top of each other. So it's kind of sandwiched as and bleeds into in between like Fort Lauderdale and Miami. There's Dania. <laughs> gotcha. Well, they have a place called, it's been there for 63 years, called Jackson's Ice Cream Parlor. Which it, when you uh, brought it up, i surprised I've never been there. I went to high school in Fort Lauderdale and it's been there 63 years, you said? I'm definitely yes. not 63 years old. I should have been there. <laughs> Well, they serve big things. So it's a technical name is Jackson's Ice Cream Parlor Restaurant and Country Store. Um, And one of the things they're known for, do you like hot? I don't think I've ever seen you eat a hot dog. I love hot dogs. Do you? Why have we never eaten a hot dog while we're together? I've never seen you. (laughs) I really have never seen you eat a hot dog. Because usually you're paying and I'm not buying a cheap hot dog if you're paying. Well, it's a one pound hot dog. You've oh. heard of the foot long hot dogs. This baby's 16 ounces. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. And the bun is huge. Everything's huge about it. They have all this kind of cool stuff at this ice cream parlor. But the thing they're known for is called the kitchen sink. And it's not just a play on words because, in fact, it's a ginormous ice cream sundae served inside a kitchen sink. <laughs> Literally a kitchen sink. So you can oh, see the picture so cool. there. Oh, yes. Uh, So what you get is it depends on how many people are eating it. So if you if we came in and they said there were two people eating, they're going to put two pounds of ice cream per person. You choose your flavor per person per person. So then they're going to top it off. 
They're going to top it off with bananas, homemade whipped cream, mixed nuts, lots of cherries. And they put sparklers in the top when they bring it to your <laughs> table. for Fourth of July. Look at that. It is huge. Oh it makes me really hungry for ice cream right now, actually. Wow. I just, that's all I can say is, wow. I think they need to buddy up with the people on Beauty and the Beef, pair the, their huge burgers and then their huge ice cream and do a contest and see if there's a single human on the planet <laughs> that can eat both. Okay, I'm looking here, and uh, the kitchen sink costs fourteen ninety five a person. So two people would be about about thirty dollars. So seven fifty the- a pound per ice cream. Holy cannoli! <laughs> I wanted to also see here, but I'm not finding it. I'm trying to look for the hot dog. I want to see how long a pound, <laughs> how much a pound hot dog costs. I find the pound hot dog on the menu right now, oh but. Yeah, you can get that all at this. And it's again, it's called the uh, Jackson's Ice Cream Parlor. And does it come with a wheelbarrow to get you back to your car? <laughs> you're done? They do have a lot of big stuff on this menu. There's about a thousand different kinds of ice cream floats and sundaes. And do you like ice cream floats like root beer floats? Yes. In fact, um, when I was about uh, late teens, I'm trying to remember exactly, late teens, early 20s, I worked at a restaurant. I can't think of what it's called right now, but it was like an old throw back um 50s kind of shake shop and it was just shakes and burgers totally classic but we sold both ice cream like handmade uh milkshakes and malts oh god and and of course that meant that meant we had root beer floats so good so good yes i'm a big fan if we ever see each other again in this lifetime uh we're going for root beer floats and hot dogs (sighs) You know what? We've been locked so long. That even sounds good. It's, like... it's the little things at this point, or in this case, the very large things that come in the kitchen sink. The next tour we actually do together, like outside the house, uh, for this next episode we do is just going to be food. We're just going to eat our way through oh whatever. Gosh. Yes, please. You know, Tampa's wants us to come back and do a food tour. I think we'll take them That's up. On right. That next one. on the list. There you go. Kevin, you you're going to be hearing place? from us. And an ice cream place. (laughs) (laughs) They want to take us to these fancy restaurants and we'll be going, hot dogs, please. (laughs) Sir, hot dogs, please. (laughs) All right. Coming up next is our guest for the day. Well, coming up now is our guest. His name is Mike Scopa. He is a veteran podcaster, longer than me, actually, and a that writer. a of, long He's time. been podcasting for a long time, and I've listened to his show forever. Covering <laughs> Jordan Disney. wasn't born yet, guys. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And he's been covering Disney for decades. In 2005, Mike was designated as one of the 50 happiest pass holders on Earth. Uh, that's its designation that Disney used to give. And he does the Mickey Miles and More show on YouTube. He's also a marathon runner, a serious marathon runner. He's wow. done dozens of Disney marathons. Gosh. We can talk to him a little bit about that, too, because that's an experience we will never have. Absolutely. So <laughs> we'll talk to him no, about No, actually, one. I take that back. We did. The very first adventure was a Disney marathon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> true which we couldn't do right now there's so many restrictions you couldn't do that one anymore all right let's get mike scopa on here well hi mike thank you so much for joining me i feel like i'm meeting a celebrity because i was listening to you before i was even podcasting which i didn't know was possible but it is uh so thank you so much for joining us well thank you for the compliment glenn it's it's a real pleasure and an honor for you to ask me to come onto the show and and talk about what you want to talk about. Well, of course, you were <laughs> named one of the 50th, 50 happiest 
pass holders on Earth in 2005. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, that just meant you spent a lot of money at Disney's, what I'm guessing. Um, he just gives wow, a crown or something. You've been <laughs> doing your research. Um, <laughs> uh, th that was a, a last-minute uh, thing. I um, didn't really pay any attention to that contest. And then at the last minute, one of my uh, colleagues at Mouse Planet said, you know, today's the last day you can enter that contest. And so I took 15 minutes. I wrote something down, and I was running down the stairs to put it in the mailbox. And my son said, what's that, Dad? What are you mailing? I said, I'm mailing something that's going to get us a, a free trip to Disney. And um, guess what? I, you know, I was one of them who was picked. And uh, so I was able to go down for the opening of the um, Lights Motor Action stunt show. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. actually spent that time at Len. That was a special night at the, at the studios. And beyond that, uh, and about a year or two later, they actually chose me from all the winners to, and they flew me to uh, Soho, New York. And that was the night that they announced the um, Year of a Million Dreams, if you remember that. Oh, I don't yeah, know if you yeah. do. Yeah. And uh, I was sworn to secrecy, not to say anything until the next morning. So that was kind of an interesting night. I got to, uh, my picture was in the, um, what's the name of that annual pass holder thing? Mickey, the Mickey Monitor. And um, I was interviewed by uh, several people, and what they wanted to know is they wanted to know what annual pass holders wanted, what they expected, you know, what was working, what wasn't working. And uh, it was a very interesting night. I'll never forget it. I was really, uh, really touched by uh, how well they treated they treated me and my wife. Um, I think that it's a um, it's something that I'll always remember. But at the same time, I'm not sure they actually are doing what. I feel they should do for annual pass holders, so I'm trying to be. They haven't asked you since. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to be. I want to show how grateful I am for their, you know, hospitality. But at the same time, it's like, what have you done for me lately? So. <laughs> well, let's talk about that a little bit. I also want to talk to Mike a little bit about the fact that he is a Disney marathoner many, many, many times over, and that's something that Jemmy and I we do this travel adventure show, and we do all the things like Jemmy's been on trapezes, we've been in race cars, we've done all this stuff, but running a marathon is not something either one of us is I signing love up how you for. You said we when it came to trapeze, but carry on. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that was Jemmy that did that. Uh, so we're supposed to open here in a couple of weeks. As we're recording this, it is the 25th, and our numbers are skyrocketing here in Florida. We had two days over 5,000 new right. positive tests. Do you think that – is there any chance that Disney could – they just backed off yesterday. I don't know if Jemmy even heard this, but they're not opening Disneyland as they had planned because California is not doing well. Could they do that in Florida, or are they too far down the road they have to now? Well, one of the things, Glenn and, and Jeremy, I, I thought that one of the reasons why they put off the reopening almost two months ahead of the announcement was that perhaps they were thinking that there could be something that comes along that would prevent them from actually um, opening up on July 11th. On July 11th, they're supposed to open up the uh, the Magic Kingdom and Disney's Animal Kingdom, and then... A few days later, on the 15th, they're going to open up the studios and also Epcot. I do think that somewhere there has to be a special number, a special threshold that either uh, the governor, Ron DeSantis, or Walt Disney World has in mind that would say to them, you know, it may not be that good of an idea to open up. I personally think that um, they should not open. I think that the indications over the last several days tell me that 
that's really getting to be quite a hot spot. And I have been in contact with some cast members and they are concerned about their safety. They're concerned about the guest safety. And I don't know, Jimmy and Glenn, if you've heard about what type of uh, guidelines will take place when the parks open. Yeah. We talked about that on, on the last episode about the masks and the social distancing and the opening at 30 percent or 25, 30 percent capacity and, and all of that. And then we also watched, you know, the Shanghai film that they did about what was happening over there. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. And they're not doing parades and fireworks and they didn't lower the ticket price, I noticed. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of uh, glad you mentioned that, Glenn, because that's the thing that bothers me. If you are. Um, not providing the total entertainment that you normally would, be it the fireworks, as you said, be it the parade, be it the meet and greet uh, with the characters, be it the shows because of the gathering. And I don't know if that's a true thing. There may be some kind of uh, guidelines put together with tape on the ground so that if you're in front of the castle, you can stand six feet away from everyone. I think that one of the things I was looking for, especially with reduced operating hours, is perhaps maybe a discounted ticket, but I I haven't I haven't seen that yet. I don't know since I've been alive that Disney's ever discounted a ticket since they started. So, <laughs> yeah, right. That's in another true. life. I'm curious, Mike. Do you think that public? I mean, you mentioned the governor, and you mentioned the you know the Disney Corporation, obviously thinking things through and deciding whether to reopen or push things back. But do you think? public opinion plays into this at all. I saw this interesting graphic that was floating around on Facebook or someplace a couple days ago. And it was the image, the classic image of the big ball at Epcot, right? But instead of the ball, it was the virus. (laughs) And instead of saying Epcot on the image, it said epicenter. And so it made me curious, wow. like, is that, and I, I, I don't know who made the graphic. It wasn't attached to an article or something. So it was, you know, just some local or whoever. It just made me wonder, what is the public opinion? Have you gotten a sense of how the public is feeling? Are they itching to go back? Are they worried about going back? Do you think Disney is using that to weigh in on the decision making? That's a really good question, Jimmy. And one of the problems with answering that question is that it may get into and I'm sure you, you both of you be aware of this, it gets into the political realm mm. uh, of who's on the left and who's on the right. I do think that um, there are a lot of uh, concerned people out there. I think there are a lot of concerned cast members for sure. And the cast you, members had a petition, right, Mike? To, yes, to they not had a, open. Oh, wow. They've had a petition. I got a hold of a letter from a cast member who was very concerned and mm. – um, uh, Glenn, I will send this to you so you can share okay. it with Jimmy. I don't want to share it on the on the air right now, but um, if you read it out loud, you may not be able to finish reading the last paragraph. You you may get choked up by mm-hmm. by the sentiment there because there are people who work for that company who they they are just there because they love the magic. They love to provide yeah. whatever kind of great experience to the guests. I have many friends who are cast members and. At the same time, they want their guests to be healthy. Uh, they're concerned. They don't think it's time. They want to get back to work uh, as as much as anyone does, but they want it to be to be safe. So, in that regard, Jimmy, I think that there are cast members. There are a lot of cast members who are concerned. As far as the general public, I think it's it's pretty fifty fifty. 
the the thing that that surprised me the most was that you've heard about this reservation system that they've established a new reservation system and yeah, you're by... going to have to reserve a ticket ahead for one park you won't be able to park hop and you're going to have to reserve it ahead that's how they can control the 30% occupancy or whatever right and yeah. and in many cases i know that uh, some of the dates have already been sold out uh-huh. um Wow. Yeah, and and let let me go back to the that comment I made about annual pass holders. So annual pass holders and Disney Vacation Club members, and I'll go as far as even Club Thirty Three members, there they have not been as far as I know, they have not been given special treatment, and to me they would be the best customers. And also I would see those three groups may, in my opinion, have the type of guest. Who would comply? Yeah, the most with all the guidelines. Yeah, yeah. so so I'm, I was a little surprised at that. Yeah, because one of the things I've seen on many of the Facebook posts about when this was happening on various uh, pages, you know, everybody whining about having to wear a mask in Florida in the summer. And let me tell you, Jimmy and I have to do that, and it's hot as hell. Uh, you know, it's I have not only one lung that functions properly to begin with, so yes. breathing through a mask I mean, is extra difficult. But I'd rather I do mean, that than a ventilator. I'm just saying. We both have to because we have health problems, and you know, we won't be going to Disney because of that. But but it is hot. <laughs> There's no yeah. question. I and have I, breaking my... news on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get hotter. Out, out, uh, well, with, outside doing horse stuff and had to wear the mask. And she came back after two hours oh and said, God. it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, uh, but I think that Disney also put that in place, one, to be safe. And also because they knew that the people who are willing to wear the mask were going to be the compliant non-troublemakers. That's true. Um you know, when you look at it from a corporate standpoint, you would look at that stuff and they were going to be the people that followed their distancing rules and did all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and they also don't at this point, they don't want that other 70 percent who's not going to wear the mask even coming. They don't want them signing up and not getting a ticket. That's bad publicity. So it's self-selection, right? You're going to get the best people that you want in the park at that time. You would hope. I, I think that this potentially could be a, a PR nightmare if it doesn't go well. One of the things I wanted to mention and just before we went on the air, I received a notification about this sort of breaking news, um, and that is that Universal Studios has announced that you don't have to wear a mask if you enter their parks if you have some type of a medical condition. So everybody now, has medical conditions all of a sudden. Oh <laughs> right, right. But 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 here's the, here's the 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 aspect of that that really bothers me. So, Glenn, you can walk up and you can say, uh, I, I really cannot wear a mask because I have a medical condition. They're not allowed to ask you what that right. medical condition you is. You don't have to prove it. Yeah. But the difficult thing is that there is a law, and I can't think of it off the top of my head, where public health supersedes it. So the idea that it can be mandated um, as a blanket statement across the state is is a legal is legally sound. But if you're if you're making it just strictly a, a you know business to business policy, then yeah, you get in this tricky kind of conundrum where you, you, do if you push it, you're you can get stuck in one way. If you don't push it, you can get stuck the other way. It's like, what are they to do? Yeah. So I, again, it's this is like very late breaking news. I'm not sure how true it is, but it's, it's one of my sources told me that, and um, 
I want to know I how many masters at the bottom. That's so great. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> Mike has a lot of <laughs> I want to know how yeah. many masters at the bottom of the Hulk roller coaster over at Universal. <laughs> there must be a thousand. Well, 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 you know, Glenn, I'm glad you bring that up because one of the discussions I've had with with some people, and I don't know if I've talked with Len on this, but one of the things that concerns me is if you're wearing a mask and you're on Space Mountain, if you're on Splash, if you're on Big Thunder, if you're on Rock and Roller Coaster, if you're on Everest, if you're on any roller coaster, what happens if the mask goes flying off? Right. And is is it possible that the mask could land on the track and then the next car that comes down hits that and all, oh. abruptly stops? And could there be a problem? I don't know. Or would it just cut the mask in half? I, I, I think of those things and I wonder uh, because they're all about safety. And yeah, so, yeah. so all this. I would see. I went a different route. I was thinking about the guy two cars back. I know exactly where you were going. With that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. I'd be, That's I'd be the one who either. got hit in the face with someone else's mask. <laughs> you cross your eyes. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't know. You know, it's what we've been saying all along. You know, and I've been saying this all along since it started. And we were doing a lot of coverage on it at the very beginning for the horse world is that the virus doesn't care what we all think. Right. <laughs> it doesn't care. It doesn't care yeah. what your politics are. It doesn't care right. anything, right? It's doing what it does, and it's being a virus. Right. Uh, it doesn't have emotions. And no. uh, and it's new territory for all of us, so I think all we can really do is just sit back and see what happens, right? I just know I'm not going to be one of the guinea pigs on the front I'm of the lines. But... Have to make the multi-billion dollar decision what mm. we do. Oh, <laughs> that's true. I, I th there is no script for what we're going through, and we uh, we have to tread lightly. I think we have to be very careful. I think that um, reacting as quickly as we can to do whatever we need to do to quote flatten the curve, uh, do a do whatever we can to try to get a handle on this. I think is is important at this point. Pretty critical what's going on, and as you mentioned. I think it was Jimmy who mentioned about all the numbers going up, uh, and uh, we we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm keeping my eye on Florida and see what happens. I don't. I did not think that what happened in California yesterday uh, with the decision by Disneyland. I don't know if that would have an impact on Florida because, from what I understand, it was the state of California that sort of was the catalyst. Yeah, their governor is a lot more conservative. He's a lot more conservative Democrat than our uh, liberal Republican governor. So, um, so there, there I dove that's into tiny little yeah. bit of politics, but that's yeah. if you think about it. Right? Move along, no one so, noticed. <laughs> so, uh, hmm. one of the other things too, before we get on to marathons, that was interesting, and this is this is what complicates the whole country and the whole world right now. I mean, Europe's talking about stopping Americans from traveling there, so you know you're yeah. not going to see Europeans coming over here to go to Disney because they won't be able to get back, right? But uh. that's true right now of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. They just put down the rule that if you're from Florida or any of the other states that are having huge increases, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas, if you're from any of those states and you go back to New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut, you have to quarantine for 14 days. And that includes right. anybody from New York that comes to Disney and then goes back, it's supposed to quarantine for 14 days. And they're right. saying they're going to really enforce that. I don't know how. But um, so that complicates it, right? So basically, if you have a job, you can't come to Disney right now from those three states. That's pretty much the way I saw it, too. Um, yeah. And who knows if that edict or whatever you want to call it will 
expand over the next several days or maybe over the next week. Who knows? Uh, we'll be visiting you in the mountains up there in New England. Is what's going to be happening. <laughs> so, all right. So let's talk real quick about marathons. How did the Disney marathons become so popular? I mean, tens of thousands of people you descend. And when you first started coming, were you the only guy? Uh, then, and then it grew for because of you. Or oh, wow. I don't know if that's the case. I think one of the things that. Um, that happens is that it, uh, you know, there's a there's a health kick that I think it's cyclical in this country, uh, maybe in the world. Every once in a while, it 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 grows to be real um, popular, to uh, to be healthy, and to you know get in shape and everything. And what Disney was able to do, Run Disney was able to do, is they were able to take the exercise of running, and they were able to figure out a formula that would turn that into a social event. And I see that as as being the key to their success when they were very successful. I'm not sure if they're as successful now uh, because of a number of things. But what happened was that they turned it into a happening. They turned it into an event. They turned it into a weekend. So think of it this way. Um, would you go down just for one race or would you go down for a weekend of races? And would you go down for the opportunity to uh, have your photo taken with characters along the way when you're running. And you also get this very nice medal to show you what you've done. And you get to wear that medal in the parks. And people will say, congratulations, congratulations on this or that. The other thing is that they were really smart because they brought on people like Jeff Galloway and uh, other people, Tara, I forget her last name, she was the nutritionist. And then, of course, their race announcers, who we got to know very very well, and they became very friendly, very social, and it was a, a network, a family. It was it was really great, and I think that that formula just worked for them. Now, the thing is that with that came the idea that they could generate revenue from that. So, so people would make reservations for the hotels. They would spend their money there. They would buy tickets for the parks. They would spend their money on food and everything. And of course, there was the expo. So it became a really big revenue generator. And and there was the other thing was that it became a social event. There, it was amazing over the years, over the 15 years that I had been running, how many people got to know one another. And it was really uh, something that I looked forward to every, every time there was a race, um, be it in Florida or be it in uh, California. And it really, really was fun. It got to be real expensive, but um, it was, it was, uh, it was fun. It's been changing over the last several years, and I still recommend someone who is interested in running in either Florida or in California to, to uh, you know, think about doing it because it's an experience that you remember for for years to come. The medals are great. The um, courses are fun. It's really fun to to run in the parks. I can't tell you the emotion that you feel when you run up. Main Street USA, it's in running towards the castle. It's quite a feeling. They also have nighttime, they used to have nighttime races, um, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, the Wine and Dine used to be at night. So it's it's a great experience. And I encourage anybody out there who's a runner who hopefully someday when all this stuff gets behind us, they get a chance to uh, experience Run Disney. So Glenn, so, I, Jimmy, I know a second ago you yeah. said that I would never do this, but I think, I think Mike just listed off one that I would do. First of all, number one, it's at night. <laughs> so 
so I won't be dying of heat stroke. And number two, it's he said the magic words, wine and dine. Like, okay, that'll be about... You only I'm get ever... the medal when you finish, Jenny. <laughs> if I'm ever forced to do one, that's going to so, be the one. <laughs> so, Jenny, so on the, the wine and dine half marathon that they used to hold at night, at the very end of that race, you would go through, you would uh, get your medal and your banana, your goodie, uh, your your goodie box or whatever. And then you kept walking. And then at the very end, there were two barrels. And I believe... And you sit under one and open your mouth? One, <laughs> I, I believe one had white wine and the other one had red wine. And you were actually given uh, an opportunity to have some wine at the end of the race. Very cool. So that was, uh, that, that was a, a nice touch. Uh, the other nighttime race was um, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror race. It was a 10... I believe it was a 10 miler and that particular race was very well themed it was very you know uh you know it was in october and it was uh the spooky stuff and there were all kinds of uh things that they had going that was that was probably the the race that i think was the most fun although the star wars races were pretty fun too well that's very cool mike where can people find you now with what you're doing now <laughs> Well, um, like I had, uh, well, I had mentioned before we, we started recording, uh, Chris Aliopoulos, uh, Michelle Scribner McLean, and I have um, re brought, we have brought back to life uh, the Mickey Miles and More podcast where we talk about all things Disney. We talk about running, we talk about things about Disney, we talk about Disney Plus, the parks. Uh, we talk about a lot of things. We will be having guests on from time to time. Um, we record, uh, every week we're on YouTube, Mickey miles and more podcasts. We invite everybody to come join us, subscribe. And I think that, um, everyone will get their Disney fix. Hopefully from our shows, we try to be as entertaining and as informative as possible. We try to bring on guests who we feel people would love to hear from. And, um, we're trying to be as, uh, good as we can with, uh, a very timely, episodes that is one or two at least one a week we're trying to shoot for two a week and we hope that um it will continue for a long time and we uh we're seeing old friends uh come saying you know welcome back welcome back and uh you know hopefully that will continue as far as the other podcast goes with land and mike and annette stay tuned and we'll we'll figure that out pretty soon very good. Mike, I got to tell you, we, uh, Jemmy and I did something that no other person has done, no other people have done, I think, at Disney. Our first episode, we did 10 free things to do at Disney World using only Disney transportation in one day. And oh. we started, yes, we started at 8 o'clock in the morning and got done at midnight. Uh, but we did 10 free we things. Using only that finish line, but we oh, my God. One thing we forgot about was every time we went on Disney transportation, we had to go through security and we had all our equipment along. <laughs> and so. he had everything tangled into his belt. So he had to take his belt off. Oh, like, that wasn't embarrassing. <laughs> we had we went on more Disney modes of transport. We did it, though. We accomplished that goal. And we we did 10 free See, things to do at Disney in one day. Glenn, we have. It was wow. it was a when, marathon. <laughs> so how long did that day last? We were up <laughs> at eight. Going. We started at seven <laughs> at at a outside the park, and then we ended at midnight. Wow. Our last thing was we watched the fireworks over Magic Kingdom at eleven o'clock from the beach at the Polynesian. Uh, that was our last thing, which was I still remember to this day. It, it was kind of <laughs> magical. So I don't know about Jemmy, but I did, it was fun. Did either one of you get a chance to uh, attend that one more Disney day? 
back in I no. want to say two thousand. The twenty four hour one. Yeah. No, we did. Well, that sounds like something we would have done, though. <laughs> I want to uh, before we end. I, I want to leave you with a story that um, that I think most of your listeners would love to to hear, and that is that. So we were there that night, and it was around three thirty a.m. And uh, Len Testa had just finished with his cupcake party at the um, Tomorrowland Terrace. And we had to say goodbye to one of our cast member friends who said, I need to work tomorrow night, so I need to go home to St. Cloud. I think he lives in St. Cloud, and um, uh, I need to get some rest. So we walked with him from the Tomorrowland Terrace to just outside the, the ice cream store, just past the plaza and across from um, where they sell the hot dogs, Casey's. And so we're standing there on uh, Main Street, USA. And remember, it's about 3.30, 3.40 a.m. We turned to our left to look down Main Street. And you would have sworn, instead of it being 3.30 a.m., it was 9.30 a.m. with that crowd, just a swell crowd, just just coming up the, the street, Main Street, USA. And at that point, I said to myself, boy, people would be here 24-7 if they had the parks open, if, you know, if you open the gates, they will come. And it was just one of those moments that I'll always remember uh, and convince me that Disney fans are more than willing to spend as much time and access to the parks if they could, if they were given it. Mm. I get that would have been fun to do once. Uh, I think that would have been fun. Mike, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on this podcast. Great meeting you, Mike. Flintstone Media has been the digital bedrock of several Florida brands and businesses. Serving as a highly resourceful podcast production house, work with a leader in Florida's podcasting industry and add a podcast to your brand's content offerings. From setup to recording and distribution, Jemmy will lend her experience producing over 500 episodes and make the process of creating your show simple and easy for you. Visit FlintstoneMedia.com for podcast samples. That's FlintstoneMedia.com. Well, now it's time for a segment that I am calling the Florida Bucket List. Hmm. Finding Florida's List Fix. You know, doing this show was on my bucket list, and it was our goal to take you along so you felt like you could do all the Florida bucket list things, too. And I hope that we've done that over the last two years. We've done over 100 activities over the last couple of years, and and all of a sudden that came to a grinding halt thanks to a stupid virus, but we'll get back to doing them. <laughs> Um, but I found this on vacationsmadeeasy.com. It was the top 50 things to do in the Sunshine State. And I thought, well, these are kind of bucket list things. Let's see how many of these we've done in our 100 things over two years. Mm. So of all the people that have come to Florida, we have probably attempted to do more things <laughs> in that period of time than anybody in the world. Most so. Likely. We'll see how we did, okay? And mm -hmm. then you at home can also determine of all your trips to Florida, or if you live here, how many of these things have you done? And then I have a little sound from some of the past things that we have done. So number one was swim with dolphins. We haven't done that yet. Have you done that ever? Like any, any of your cruise no. vacations that ever been an excursion? No. Ago? Have you? No, I haven't. And what's interesting is if I ever were to be on a cruise or on any kind of vacation that had excursions like that, um, if they have an alternative to swim with stingrays, sorry, yeah, dolphins, you leaving you behind. You've <laughs> always wanted to do that. As much One as I love days. dolphins, though. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I want to kiss one on the nose, but after a stingray. 
<laughs> one of these days. How about have some delicious crab on the golf? Okay, you literally, did do that. my mouth just watered. You did that. You had like, a lot of crab had... on the golf. That was our RV tour. Oh my that. gosh, yeah. I love crab. Uh, how about see classic automobiles at one of the many oh, car museums Christ in Almighty, Florida? I know what you're going to play. I know <laughs> what you're going to play. <laughs> we got to do that when we were in Daytona, and we got to ride in one of those classic hot rods with the top down. It was a convertible, and we got up to 100 miles an hour, and here is what it sounded like and that's what it sounds like sitting in the back seat of a convertible doing 100 miles an hour on a note, road, ponytails do not last <laughs> yeah, they're hot rod. <laughs> uh, the speed limit in that section was 35 so <laughs> we were definitely over speed limit uh, did you think when we started when he took us out that we were going to do that i had no idea no we're on a so back glad you did i am a <laughs> speed demon i love it i loved it as you heard <laughs> How about explore the beauty of the sunken gardens in St. Pete? Well, we haven't been to St. Pete yet. We're going to do that. We're get, that's one of our bucket list to St. Pete. Uh, definitely going to get there. Try your hand deep sea fishing in the Gulf of Mexico. We are also going deep sea fishing because um, I've been deep sea fishing and I love it. You do it. Oh, oh, deep sea fishing. It doesn't involve diving. I was going to say I don't have the levels no, for fishing. it, but then, okay, okay. Maybe I no, maybe do that. I want to see I'm you. I'm going to catch something bigger than you. Ha ha ha. It's, it's on. Everything is a competition. Why do yeah, I always make yes. everything a competition? Hey, your whole life's been that way. <laughs> I'm uh, an older brother. Right. What do you expect? <laughs> How about ride the Jungle Queen riverboat in Fort Lauderdale? Oh, we done that. that. And it was really little... cool. It takes you to like their own little private island where you get, again, wined and dined. Apparently, that's a theme that I enjoy. <laughs> Go through this river that is beside these multi-bazillion dollar yes. mansions and yachts that are unbelievable. Yes, and apparently if you go on the right at the right time, there one of the the houses along the the river has this cute little dog that runs by the boat and does tricks. It jumps over the fences, it does flips and stuff. I saw it I'm like, "Go dog, go." It puts on a show for the river boat. Well, here's a little of the sound from the Jungle Queen when we were there. The boat, you're smooth sailing. There's a bar on the boat. Hello, you know I love that. Jimmy has had a few at this point. <laughs> Don't tell my parents. <laughs> we had a great time, so we highly recommend the Jungle Boat Cruise. Now, thank you all for coming. I really enjoyed y'all. Could I get up in? I played that clip because of all the times we were together, that was the most drunk you were was on that particular trip. And of course, you're one to memorialize it. Thank you, Glenn. <laughs> I had to remind everybody so that uh, there was some alcohol involved in that That's one. So uh, see the reenactment at the Castillo de... So you you Don't say ever it. say Castillo. Isn't it Castillo? <sighs> the San Marcos. <laughs> Yes, and that's in St. Augustine, which we are going to get to one of these days. Uh, go snorkeling. You did that with the manatees. So, yes, I've done that. You know, I, so funny. I actually forgot about that for a second. I was thinking about this time that I went snorkeling as a kid. Well, like a young teenager. But, yeah, I totally went snorkeling with the manatees. And that was lovely. And we actually got to hear and, and swim with baby manatees, too. Oh, it was so awesome. Tour the Bonnet House, which yes. is where? It's uh, in Fort Lauderdale. And it's. Yep. Awesome. So what's awesome about the Bonnet House is that it's this um, unbelievably like palatial home surrounded by these like gardens and everything. And it's right in the middle of downtown. You have no idea that you're in the middle of a, a city. It's crazy. It, it's quirky. It's kind of neat.
Um, see the dolphins at the Clearwater Marine Aquarium, and that was one of the first stops we were making on our ride down the coast on our bikes. Uh, oh, we I was going to say, I, don't, I, I was starting aquarium. to feel really bad that I didn't remember, because I no. thought that you were saying it was something we had done. I get it. No. Okay. All right. Gotcha. No, that, we, that was one of the stops we were supposed to do. <laughs> How about see a NASCAR race at Daytona International Speedway? Well, well we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> But we did. We were on the speedway during a tour. We saw an accident without the race. <laughs> and there were broken parts, and they were mine. And uh, I have a little bit of that sound. You have to listen closely. You're going to listen to this very short clip, and you're going to hear a clunk. Is this where listen I express my great concern for your safety and well-being? Yeah, yeah. listen to the clunk. <laughs> did you hear the clunk? Let's play it again. <laughs> that <laughs> was then, me. Wait, go was ahead. me. Yeah, that it was, was it me was breaking close. several ribs right and there. And then what you hear right after is me going, oh, "Your phone," because that was where I was concerned. <laughs> yeah, my phone was flying out onto the racetrack, onto the Daytona <laughs> International Speedway. It survived, by the way, which was amazing. Uh, but my ribs did not. So, um, yeah, that was an embarrassing day right there. Hey, we got to see the emergency room. It was fantastic. <laughs> Just do a couple more. Uh, ride an airboat. Well, we've done that a few times. Some were successful, some not so much. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> See the Ernest Hemingway Home and Museum in Key West? We did that. We had an we interview there. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. That was good. Um, did you ever do this? We, we never did it together, but it's in Fort Lauderdale. It's called Market 17. It's a restaurant where you dine in the dark. Um, no. <laughs> weird i've heard i think i've heard of this kind of dining experience i didn't know there was one in fort lauderdale i knew there was one um in new york but i've never heard about it being Fort lauderdale. lauderdale yeah so we need to go do that where you eat in the dark and it's completely dark so apparently you don't even know what you're eating um and that could be really bad for me because i don't yeah, like you're fish, too picky but... like i can't imagine <laughs> yeah, you doing this <laughs> i'd be Having trouble. There's something I want to do too, and uh, we'll end on this one. It's the Sarasota Chalk Festival. Oh, that sounds where, fun. Where these artists all get together and they do chalk drawings on the sidewalks all over Sarasota and stuff. Yeah, Wouldn't they that do be something. Cool? Yeah, they do something similar like that every year in Lake Worth. Really, really cool. I mean, what these artists can do is just amazing. And what's really neat is some of them are extra gifted, and they can do like 3D chalk the art. 3D oh ones. my gosh! I just blows my mind absolutely blows my mind there was a uh, a chalk artist that i interviewed gosh it was a long time ago on curve the cube and she had done a 3d art piece that was a huge crayon on the ground and there were like ocean waves so i stood on it like i was surfing on the crayon it was really cool <laughs> well of the 50 that was on this list we've done 21 by the way so uh we're on our way we're almost halfway there so we have to do the show for another two years and we'll be there <laughs> let's get right back into the swing of things guys that's right <laughs> <Let's do> that. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming along once again as we continue finding Florida from our offices and studios in the midst of this outbreak. During this time, we at FPN will be doing everything we can to keep our community's spirits up. We've already been sharing loads of stuff and content across all of our shows in relation to coronavirus, in relation to what's still going on in the world and in Florida. So please um, look at our website, floridapodcastnetwork.com slash coronavirus. And you can find all kinds of information in there. And also join us in our Facebook group called FPN Insiders for just a laugh about all the random stuff we see. <laughs> 
If you know of cool news, especially of the positive or extra goofy sort, to help enlighten our moods, please email us at jemmy, that's J-A-I-M-E, at floridapodcastnetwork.com. And even with social distancing, you can still hang out with us on social media. So again, search for us all over the interwebs at Find FL Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And here's to your next Florida adventure, even if it's from the comfort of your living room. <laughs>